Welcome to Cybersecurity Business. I'm your host, Kevin Pouchet, COO of KLogix. In our podcast, we interview CISOs and other security leaders to hear their advice about the business of information security. This podcast gives our listeners actionable takeaways to help them increase the effectiveness of their security programs. Today, we're joined by Rob Preda, head of cybersecurity at ACV Auctions, where he's been for almost four years. Rob has many years of experience with other large organizations managing successful security programs, and he's joined us today to have a discussion on the growing topic of identity. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. I was really excited when uh, I was told that you would agree to be on the podcast, right? I, I had heard your name many times, but we hadn't met. So I'm uh, uh, I'm grateful you're here. Uh, thanks. Yeah. I, same, on, same on the other end. I, I heard your name too. I was like, hey, what a great time to talk. Perfect. So for those that actually don't know you, why don't we just take a minute or so Maybe give some background on your role at ACV, sort of what what you're what you're doing there, and uh, and sort of how you got to be head of cyber. Sure. Um, so you know, doing some kind of form of IT work for twenty plus some odd years. Uh, over the past couple of years, really got into cybersecurity. Always was interested in security, uh, but as my career progressed, I wanted to really dive in and take on a more senior security role. I uh, left my last company, uh, Delaware North, as their uh, manager of security and came over to ACV, which was uh, one of Buffalo's first uh, or more prominent startups, uh, Buffalo's first unicorn, with the idea to start and create a new cyber start, new cyber security program from scratch. And that was where I begin my journey here. That was four years ago. Yep. So let's so let's jump into the topic of identity and let's sort of make it specific as it relates to your program, right? The program that you've been building and maturing for four years. So how does your security program, how do you approach identity and access management and maybe even frame it with sort of how you define uh, how you define identity and access management as a program? Sure. So. For me, identity is paramount. Uh, We live in a world, and specifically at ACV, where the borders are malleable. I don't have old-fashioned kind of infrastructure. I don't have a large castle and moat type system with, you know, big borders and big office. My workforce is mostly and primarily mobile. And, of course, uh, if you go back to when I was hired, which was beginning of the pandemic, everybody was mobile at the time. So identity really is the primary source of entrance into my networks. So taking a really modern approach to how we want to handle identity based on authentication to a multitude of SaaS applications, as well as our own internal applications, uh, became my foremost project when I started. And from then on, have just kept evolving it into the program that it is today. Would you consider it your most important program? It, uh, it is. It's the cornerstone. In fact, I still think identity. I mean, there's the, the old saying, you know, what's the biggest problem in security? And it's the users. And how do yep. you solve the user problem? It's identity. So uh, correctly and uh, accurately being able to secure 
a person's identity throughout the life cycle as they work in your organization uh, has to be uh, the paramount or cornerstone of any program. So let me ask you this. So you've had the luxury of being able to build a program from the ground up, right? You know, I say luxury. I know you've put in a lot of hard work and did a tremendous job, but organizations that have sort of been around or have have had a cyber program around for many, many years, should identity be the cornerstone of those programs as well? I think so. I mean, everybody needs, no matter where you go, no matter how you're security program is created no matter what you're doing. Identity is part of your ecosystem, security-wise, IT-wise, everywhere. So everybody has an identity. Everybody has to log into some system. I don't know any place that doesn't have a login of some kind. Uh, Mm -hmm. Securing those logins, that's the one of the easiest ways for an attacker to get in by having, you know, the old weak passwords or or lack of uh, controls around them. So when it comes to your program, you know, maybe talk about what do you think the most important aspects are or, or, or maybe even some of the least important aspects? Like how do you prioritize? Yeah, so I think the, one of the most important, the, the two most important aspects um, are going to sound pretty much what everyone will always talk about, which is multi-factor all the things. It's actually one of my, my favorite sayings in the world is uh, I actually had a, a poster that said MFA all the things. So multi-factor to everything that comes into your organization. So using, you know, any kind of technology that you can multi-factor the front door, that's one of the primary, you know, things that I will always do. Actually, it was the very first thing when I came to ACD is I said, I want to multi-factor all our applications. But to do that means you need a, a, a program or a technology that's going to be able to put everything behind it. So when you pair it, you have to pair it with an SSO type application as well. So you have this idea of being able to single sign on into your applications and then putting multi-factor in front of that, giving you a secure experience for just about every application that can support it. It, It's true. It should be table stakes. You know, it amazes me that even, you know, if we flip this on, on its head for a second and you look at me as a consumer, that some extremely large banks, I won't name any, still don't have a built-in, easily ready MFA solution for consumers. And that sort of blows my mind. I think it's actually unconscionable in this environment nowadays. Multi-factor in any way, even, all right, so SMS multi-factor is weak sauce uh, based on, you know, other means of exploitation, not going down that road. But at least it's something. It's beyond the normal past. All of our passwords right now, every single one of us, anybody who listens to this, your password is compromised. I promise you it is. Um, So the only way to mitigate that in any kind of uh, truest form is a multi-factor. Right. Right. So talk a little bit then about um, people and process versus technology. Is one more important than the other? Uh, they are on equal footings. Uh, at certain points in a program, you could argue one will outweigh the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people in process is where you begin. Um, and then technology will always be the way to uh, alleviate some of that pressure. In large organizations that are well established, it's people in process that's probably been running the show forever. So right. they're going to be important to those programs to understand what they've been doing. Uh, I had the luxury, and it really was a luxury, you weren't wrong about that, Kevin, of coming into a place where <laughs> we, we were at a 
at a smaller uh, juncture with, with users that I was able to put in and leverage technology and quote unquote heavy handedly be able to roll it out to all the users in one fell swoop. Doesn't always happen in a large organization. Right. So you really do need a, an, a balance too. And as you progress through identity programs, the people in process that, that are involved uh, become more and more relevant. Because as you, you know, we'll probably talk about this a little bit, but you know, when we start talking about what's the basic table stakes, SSO, you know, a, uh, a universal director or middle director, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then the MFA, but you got to get into like governance and lifecycle management and doing things like HR as a master, you know, and there you're going to need people and other processes involved that'll really leverage those uh, tools. Right. And I mean, you do need technology as a means of enforcement for some good, good policy. So, so I get that. I think that's a pretty, pretty solid answer. When it comes down to technology, I'm going to pre preface this question by saying, you know, there's no one technology in any space that is the be all end all for every single organization because every organization's environment and requirements uh, are different. But that being said, um, what IAM solutions or tools do you prefer? Are there certain vendors that you really rely on that you found? you know, meet the spirit of your requirements in your program better than others? And it could be IGA, PAM, IDAS, any of the the categories you just mentioned. Sure. Um, I mean, you know, you're absolutely right, though, you know, and that actually comes, you know, just to, to reiterate, you know, when you have people in process, you can pretty much leverage almost any technology in any way if you're, if you have the people or the manpower to run it. That said, um, for me, an IM solution that I, that I tend to fall on is Okta. Um, I've been following them or a fan of theirs for years. A uh, little background is I'm an old Active Directory admin engineer architect. Um, I never want to look at that thing again um, if I don't have to. <laughs> um, but uh, that said, solutions like Okta actually give me the leverage to not have to uh, find things like a like a, having a, my own LDAP director or anything like that. I could use Okta's UD for my or the universal directory for my uh, centralized management system of users, as well as uh, they have all the capabilities they need, like SSO, multi-factor, adaptive multi-factor, networking policies, uh, user trust modeling. These are the things that I that I that I look for in a solution as well. And to top it off too, depending on your organization and how big you are and what you're trying to leverage, they have a lot of the the next layers of identity too. So when you start moving down the list, you're talking about automation. So they have workflows. Uh, when you start talking about IGA, they start now have an IGA piece. Uh, Lifecycle management, which is, you know, taking somebody from a user who starts up and adding an application. And then when they leave, uh, removing those applications. They have a lot of these features automatically built in at, at some level, you know, whether they're an add-on cost or not. Um, so I, I like to leverage Octolotus for that. Uh, from other solutions too, you know, we can start talking about, you know, other parts of identity programs. So as identity matures, you start having this conversation around, you know, privilege account management or privilege access management. What are we doing there? And then you have conversations around, well, our keys and key rotation is that identity as well. So different products for those kind of leveraging. And, and for that, 
you know, I, I used I've used different products in the past too. Um, Beyond Trust comes to mind. Um, the old CyberArk uh, from a PAM solution too. Uh, but that space is changing rapidly as well um, because again, you know, I'm a cloud environment. I'm a SaaS environment. So the the old fashioned technologies that I used to be able to leverage don't exactly work the same in a SaaS environment. So. Yeah, so in other words, you have certain technologies that you rely on, but if you look at the full landscape of all the tenants under identity, right, there's no one button to push, right? There's there's multiple players and 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 that's even changing based on how fast the security landscape is changing. Yeah, I mean, I really like I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of vetting new technologies. Even yeah. even incumbents, even big incumbents like Okta, I mean, Listen, yeah. Okta or any identity solution is super sticky in your organization. It, For sure. Identity is 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 a horrible thing. Let's not, I'm not going to, you can't lie about it. Nobody yeah. likes to do it. You try to do it one and done too. But it doesn't mean someone's not building the better mousetrap out there. So you start looking at some of the, the newer vendors that are coming out. You start revisiting the old ones. You know, I've looked at Ping again recently just to see if they're keeping up with the Joneses, you know. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, some of the other ones that are coming up? There's even a point where you and I can have a conversation around Microsoft and having you know a large E5 license or a huge uh, EA structure with inside Microsoft where their um, Azure AD makes sense for, for an organization. So it really is important to understand what you're trying to accomplish with your identity program and how to leverage it. We could do an entire podcast on what components make sense out of Microsoft to use and what don't, but that's uh, that would be a pretty amazing podcast. But maybe maybe next time for another day um, for another day for sure. Uh, as you've been building out the identity aspects of your program over the past four years, what were were there any sort of you know mistakes you made that uh, you may want to pass on, or I you know maybe that's not the way to phrase it with your impeccable track record maybe you haven't made mistakes <laughs> but what maybe what are the biggest challenges you've you've faced or faced how's that so i think you know one of the one of the bigger things is it's going to come down to buy-in from other parts of the business so you'll get buy-in almost all the time 100% from security 99% from from it but when you have conversations around, well, what's your next step? So for example, I would have preferred to say, leverage conversations with you know HR and legal um, a little earlier on based on their requirements to be able to roll out parts of the program sooner. Um, so for example, when uh, we're trying to do things like role-based access, well, you need to have your roles in order first. Um, and for that, that's a that's a heavy lift, and you can't expect you know an entire HR department to start fixing you know HR roles or uh, titles because you want it. So right. leveraging those conversations with business units first, and then you know one of the one of the bigger things I, I want to start stressing is lining up with business and business outcomes and objectives based on their priorities as well. So not that I had much of a pushback with it too, but having that ability um, and having those as a driver on your any program you're doing doesn't have to be about identity. You're always going to uh, benefit and behoove you as you try to move something forward or press it. So you mentioned buy-in, right? Let's talk about buy-in at a higher level in terms of justifying, explaining, budget, say to your CIO, 
uh, and or even the board? Like, is this challenging? You know, I imagine, at least from what I see, identity is one of those topics. A, it does cross departments for sure, as you just mentioned, but not only the CIO deeply cares about it, but uh, it seems boards do as well because, well, frankly, they're boards or, or at least the executive leadership team, those are some of the most important identities that you're actually trying to protect. So does that make it easier to justify budget? Sometimes. I mean, it does. Sometimes. You know, identity, I will say, generally speaking, from from I've justified it a couple of different times to different groups of people and different executive boards, doesn't usually have a huge amount of why are we doing this conversation? But uh -huh. regardless of that, you still have to have the ROI conversation. You still have to talk about, you know, cost benefit analysis, all the all the fun business terms that every CISO and security professional loves to talk about. It is a requirement no matter what we're doing. Uh, in this, you know, we start talking about cost avoidance. You know, for example, if I'm justifying uh, something like life cycle management, I then can say, you know, there's an offset based on, you know, engineering costs that I don't need to have someone sit behind a computer and click into seven different applications to give somebody uh, access to them. Instead, I have now automated that process and given back an FTE's time for half a day. How about that? So we do We can talk about those kind of benefits. Um, so we. So I do those things when I'm trying to present. Uh, but when it does come to the conversation, you, you mentioned this before. You know, multi-factor and things like this have been now permeated out through these executives, through the boards, and you know, just talk about other parts of you know government agencies are now getting really involved in cybersecurity. Uh, it does make the conversation a little easier, especially on things that boards understand. Identity is something that boards understand. They don't necessarily understand something like if I start talking about XDR, I think I lose them. But identity, they really grasp onto. Well, some other buzzy terms that you know we're hearing a lot from from executives and boards are things like AI, right? I mean, people understand what AI is, but I don't know if they necessarily fully understand what role AI is playing in your security program. And I guess more importantly, what role it could play in the future, right? Same with chat GPT. Like, it, it, will identity become a larger issue because of these types of things? Well, I think it, you know, is it unaffected? Uh, I think it's in a similar issue to, you know, just about anything else. You're going to require access to these tools. Right. You know, uh, there will be some, you know, I, I guess it's an overall concern with, you know, AI and what's going on with inside, uh, you know, recent ex exploitable attacks and them using AI to create them. So, it, it's yet to be seen. Um, I think the AI chat GPT is just a general worry around the, the cyber community right now and like what it's going to what is going to behold for the rest of us in the future here um, and how how it's going to be malleable based on some of the information uh, that it's going to be able to find on its own uh, and then create or, or or execute their own attacks. So I'm, I'm interested, especially, you know, and when we talk about identity, too, you know, are they going to be able to do anything around like bypassing multi-factor in those kind of ways too? They've already, I mean, people already do this now, but you know, an automated system doing it, I don't know. So there's a concern there for sure. 
Well, you've touched, so I have one more question for you, and you've sort of started touching on that, but really just through the lens, I think, of like AI, for example. But what I'm wondering is, like, how do you think identity is going to change, like, over the next three-year period? I don't know if you've built that into your sort of two- or three-year roadmap, but if you sort of have some ideas in terms of what to expect. Yeah, I think passwordless is really going to be the key to this conversation. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, identity verification, not based on, you know, some of the old fashioned methodology. I would even argue that multi-factor in the way that we've been doing it is starting to dwindle a little bit. Uh, hmm. So over the next couple of years, you know, that real password list, that real, you are who you say you are, you know, you are Kevin, you know, not based on because I know your password, not BK, because I know I have your phone and and took a push notification, um, but you are because the network you're on, the computer you're on, as well as the phone, as well as the you know all these all these little tidbits and pieces add up to your identity. You know, people talk about uh, this passwordless, and if you look at it on on the surface right now, it looks like it's it's cool technology, but also I think that it's it's becoming harder and harder for uh, us to implement it only because a lot of the companies that we are dealing with still aren't getting the hint that we have to get rid of the password. Yeah. Wow. I, I totally agree. This was awesome. Um, thank you for potting with me. If that's a word, this was, <laughs> this was great. Um, uh, you know, thanks for coming on. I, there was so many great nuggets of information you provided i know i'm i'm looking forward to to hearing this in its entirety again so thank you rob that was really helpful great no thank you um i'm sure our listeners are going to think the same um and if anybody wants to hear this podcast in its entirety you can hear this and all our other podcasts at kologicsecurity.com forward slash podcast if you have any questions for us or for Rob, uh, you know, you can certainly reach out to us at info at KLogicSecurity.com or directly on any of our LinkedIn's. Rob, uh, thanks again. It was a real pleasure. Thank you, Kevin. Enjoyed myself. 